as we cover many an insane movie and numerous cult TV phenomenons. Are you ready to get jacked up? Are you with us? Then listen on. murder is this force's highest profile investigation her life cut short and whoever did it's got away with it it will be our job to detect whether police corruption has contributed to this murder remaining unsolved Bella drew attention to links between organized crime and corrupt police officers there is no corruption in this police force a barefaced liar promoted to our highest office you should investigate believe me we will you have no idea what she's capable of. The whole line of inquiries is deliberately suppressed to protect organized crime. I had nothing to do with it. All I know is somebody's behind all of this. I'm being framed! No! When did we stop caring about honesty and integrity? Do you still believe there's a fourth man out there? Man or woman? Oh, hoody hoody. Back, sirens in the background. Whoop, whoop, whoop. It's the sound of some kind of police. And here with me is podcast MVP guest, er, Alan McPherson. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great, man. How about yourself? Thank you. This is a long time going. We planned like six, seven months for this damn episode, and it was so worth it. Oh, yeah. Just like, <laughs> I can't believe we even kept the date. After Eventually, there's some recording mishap or, I don't know, just some schedule interference. Like, oh, shit, my boss called me in, you know, something, you know. <laughs> I, got I, I fully... I fully expected to like, uh, you know, sprain my ankle or have a collapsed lung or something today. Oh dear. Just things were like too well in progress. But it was, no, it was excellent getting back to review with this series. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was just like, something's going to happen or, oh shit, I forgot we did schedule that, you know, something. And we, we put this on the calendar for like, like finally like three months before and we, and we stuck to it. Um, so, in fairness, a, a, a child trafficking ring did try to frame me for a series of murders that I was not involved with, but really? uh, but but fortunately, I was able to squeak my way out of that. <laughs> Don't play around with that, dude. You're scared <laughs> the shit out of me. Especially when we're talking about a topical show, man. Oh, that's it. <laughs> I always feel like 
somebody's watching me. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it was Craig Craytown, but got to the end of the year and said, here's 2022. Let's, let's, let's review this bitch. Let's do it. Yep. So were you already into procedurals like Law and Order, Bosch, or even The Shield or Sons of Anarchy or whatever? Uh, a little bit yes, a little bit no. Like it, it's sort of a genre that I get into, but I'm not like obsessive about. You're not going to watch a hundred, you know, five fifty seasons of it, but you're going to watch some of it and say, "Hey, there's some good acting and themes." <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um. That that's like I. Up until recently, I've been like a working chef, so it's like. Oh really? I don't. Yeah. A so, recipe for disaster, he sensed. A, a recipe for fallen arches and ruined knees. Um, but so it's like I've never really had a whole lot of time to invest with like long form right you need something before you hit the sack exactly like you preferably something kind of stupid so a lot of like good quality (laughs) programs well there's a bunch of bumbling Uh, dummies here there's some dipshits in this (laughs) so yeah so a lot of like the 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 police procedurals and stuff that were like very popular I kind of whiffed on a bit just because there were a bit well, more you said it best. Before. This is like the anti-copaganda show, and for good reason. You know, it's just for so long we would just see, oh, they blurred the line between the law, being a vigilante, and being a diligent officer. And, you know, some of it works, and some of it, like, if Chicago, I've enjoyed Chicago PD, but if mm-hmm. it gets canceled, I'm at no loss. I'm kind of can't follow <laughs> some of those characters after a while. It's just like, okay, so the only way this ends is if Voight, for instance, dies. Like the Shield ended, spoiler for an excellent classic that everyone should have already mm-hmm. seen, by him making a deal with the Feds and basically working with them on a tight leash. You know, yeah, it was yeah. interesting. They couldn't pin stuff on him, and he had cleaned up the streets and he had made them show what an embarrassment the entire department was. To where they're like, uh, just putting him in front of a jury isn't going to even work. It's just like there's so much poli- office politics now. So. You know, this show, I, I just constantly couldn't, you know, couldn't not see a giant DVD case for it. You know, it was by Acorn Media, which distributes a lot of BBC UK programs in the US. Yep. It was airing on edited format on PBS. I'm sure they just, all they did is just play it after midnight and edit out the language. But no, yeah, quite, yeah. It, there's not that much of it, but there's some. Um, it, it, and it's pointed. <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, and there's definitely some very gruesomeness so it's like yeah i I don't Uh even know how they would edit that probably not even show that season but they definitely showed the first three seasons at least and so yeah i I pretty much had no problem i would like binge a seat this last year i was able to binge like a season like actually going on two years so like i started in like i want to say either 2019 or 2020 and then you know it was on amazon for a while and then uh I saw some other episodes on Hulu, four and five oh, okay. I saw on there. And then I uh, got to, um, they still haven't unleashed the newest season, the sixth and final season on any platform. So I had to use my resources, if you will. But gotcha. Uh, yeah, I, I plugged that in literally a month ago here. And I was like, yep, ready to go. Let's do it. And, <laughs> and uh, you were on your A game. You're like, yep, let's stick to it. Let's get it. Let's get this in. Mm. So. How do you That's f- interesting. I kind of I came across this one. Um, 
I think season two was in progress. Oh, so you're way back. You're you're yeah. already, I need more. I need more yeah, already. Yeah. No, it was and I wasn't it was one of those like I threw it on because it just seemed like kind of like a non They're each like six to seven episodes. You know, British shows, the reason they're so easy to get into is they're brief, they're short. <laughs> and and they don't seem to build around the idea that, oh, this could be a huge hit and we plan on carrying this on for ten years. <laughs> Like, oh, totally. Like, when it when a season ends or a series, as they call it, ends, you're generally going to be happy if that was the end of it. It's, yeah, it's not. It's not quite the entertainment Ponzi scheme that a lot of like North American shows are. Totally, but I mean, that I mean, likewise. I mean, this was kind of appealing to everybody. This was appealing to people who did who liked Law and Order or Shield type stuff, as well as. Uh, grittier stuff like Bosch or True Detective and it's it is kind of like True Detective in that it's kind of an anthology with only like the main three characters returning each time you know who what what new A-list B-list actor from Britain are they going to feature this year you know yep. playing a bad bad cop and you don't know until you know so yeah this is it brilliant casting you I guarantee you, you've never seen any of these actors in any roles like these you know so Absolutely. In, in order, the bad cops. Actually, no, let's start with the good cops. So they are part okay. of AC Unit 12, Anti-Corruption District 12, or Unit 12, whatever. So it's, it's called, sort of super internal affairs. Absolutely. And yeah. there are some other bad apples who never get caught. Or if they do, they're probably scheming or on the hills of being caught. They'll be caught 20 <laughs> years from now. And just this show is instantly just, I mean, they use pretty much what you're used to seeing in all these kinds of programs, a voyeuristic view, like, oh, I'm seeing something like a crime scene I have no business seeing. You know? mm -hmm. And hmm, I'm looking over their shoulder behind the bullpen in their office. And they're, of course, just looking at them, just giving the intimidating factor, like, come and get me, fucker. <laughs> it gives you that little, like, tease of, oh, so that's how it gets done. Absolutely. And it, you know. And it is for entertainment purposes only, but it does carry itself with a weight that it gives you a feeling that they have some inside information. And it's yeah. not just like complete make em ups. Oh, oh, totally. And it's just so wild, like how it happens. Just the detective sergeant, Steve, you know, played by Martin Compton, Compton mm -hmm. you know, he, again, was in a questionable shooting and they just figure he's good enough because even though the guy was innocent uh he just receives a transfer here and it's like wow okay so you're not gonna get demoted but you are gonna get you know we don't accept you and you've caused some heat so you might as well just weed out all the bad cops <laughs> yeah he, he, he demonstrated that he's willing to take a stand against his own peers mm -hmm. so, so he's, it's like uh, you passed the morality test <laughs> like going totally. that basis. yeah yep his partner is Detective Constable Kate, played by Vicki McClure, and she's again done undercover work and been doing it longer than him. She's his partner. The superintendent is Ted, played by Adrian Dunbar. And again, all three of these people, as I look at the resume, I'm like, fucking hell, I've seen a bunch of shit that they've done. <laughs> uh -huh. they, they, this might be their first lead role, but I guarantee you, you've seen them, whether or not you know them or not. And it's just like, Martin, he's been everything. Agatha Christie's Marple, Silent Witness, Ripper Street, you know, a few different movies. Yeah, Vicky, yeah. I, born in Nottingham, she's been in a bunch of stuff. 
all kinds of dramas and miniseries. Adrian, same thing. He used to have way longer hair. Now he's graying a bit. He was in the crying game, for God's sakes, in the Hall of Crown. So there you go. That's um, right, right? Yeah. And all the rest of these guys, again, just brilliantly done. Just who is the guest? who is the baddie each season. So season one has Lenny James. You guys might know from Snatch, Walking Dead, and uh-huh. various other British shows. Jericho, there's a shout out. And yeah, yeah. There's, and there's going to be, a, a, well, oh, is it Snatch or Lockstock? There's going to be another <laughs> one of those coming up in a few seasons too. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Call that there. Yep. Uh, so yeah, season two had, God, who was it? I just had the notes. Um, it's Lindsay Denton is the character. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And then, uh, oh, yes, uh, Keely Haas. Now, yeah. sounds familiar. Oh, my God, gorgeous. So you've seen her on Netflix's Bodyguard, and she was one of the original cast on Spooks, you know, MI5. Mm-hmm. Love her. Love her to death. And, and unidentifiable in this role. Yeah. yeah. She has a totally different vibe about her. Uh, yeah. Not relatable, not at all, and not... It's just like, holy shit, am I even seeing the same actress? So everyone is unrecognizable in their parts. Season three, that was a bit of a blur. Who was the bad cop in that? That was. Uh, it's tricky with that one because it's. There's a Denton bunch of them, comes right? back. And there's sort of like a red herring. There's a guy that you think is going to be sort of the main heel mm-hmm. in the season, but he dies pretty quickly. And then it's more the, um, the, the, the caddy. Yeah, the rest, the remaining of the remainder of the crew. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we'll look up for season four. We got again, Dandy Newton. That's right. Mm-hmm. Westworld and Chronicles of Riddick. Crash joins another cop who's basically killing other bad cops and covering it up. And um, then season five, we get to. Oh God, that's a cray cray one as well. Um, uh, Stephen Graham, if I'm not mistaken. That sounds right. Yep. Stephen Graham. And if you know yeah. him, guys, he was also in Snatch. He's Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy, Peaky Blinders, and Boardwalk Empire, if I'm not mistaken. So. And uh, current film out this year called, uh, what is it, Boiling Point? Which uh, is one of the better sort of restaurant thrillers that you're going to see. Oh, really? Okay. Sweet. Yeah recommend uh, i will take you up on that i will see that Ooh. please forward that to me um, mm-hmm. so again just badasses just people who have kind of never played the same role i will argue as for the most part it's like even if they've done cop uh, roles they've never seen them in anything remotely like this and i mean you just don't know where it's going you know just and each episode is like five to seven episodes so it's just like you instant binge like i know i i did the first season like in like the first episode of season two in one night i was just like yep. i need more anymore um it's easy to let that happen to <laughs> and i mean there's just so many well done speeches electronic score helps complement the mood so season three i think for me was kind of the weaker one i just did not find any of those criminals interesting at all to get taken down and it got a little self-indulgent for me just a little too much going on i can see that um yeah there is a watchable it's it's the only one that doesn't have like a central uh yeah well i don't even want to say bad guy necessarily 
because you really kind of flip and flop as to oh yeah you, you know but i know what you from mean. one minute to be sympathetic to absolutely hate. it needed it just however it began it just didn't begin in interestingly enough to where i wanted to keep following it but you still mm -hmm. you you go to the end because the detectives are still so well paced and they know that they pretty much are putting you know brackets bullet signs on their heads at every point you know <laughs> they're just yeah. they're in the crosshairs because they have to go about it very reluctantly you know they can't just do what you see on the typical you know svu episode where it's like you get 20 years to life or unless you justify right now yeah, they don't have that option at all they don't have <laughs> not at all <laughs> they don't have yeah. any lawyers once the lawyer comes in pretty much it's kind of like the closer it's like interview them before the lawyer gets here and yeah but their their about face is kind of like bosch is like everybody be on your best behavior i will not cover for you while i expose some of the crooked attorneys in la you know mm -hmm. who are wrecking my career as well as other people's and defending serial killers um here they pretty much are like it's not just like get here before the lawyer gets here but also get something good you know get the get them on something good before you subpoena them you know to appear absolutely and um like one of the things I think about season three uh, that makes it because yeah, season uh, one not, and two not quite are kind as of satisfying. A yeah, yeah. Well, three I don't think is as satisfying as some of the other seasons, largely because it's it's more. Most of the drive in that particular season is sort of based on the over story, like the the through line that goes through all the individual seasons is this massive. Uh, and I get it. You got to put game. something in the can and it's hard to one up yourself. Yeah. It's not like a terrible season of a show mm -hmm. where you're like, it's run out of time, but it is one of those. It's like, if you missed it, that's okay. You know, just go on to the next one. Cause they will reconnect the dots. They will always, I love it. They will show, you know, the various characters who were either killed or went on the run or currently serving prison and their connection to all the other bad oh. cops is like good or characters so, that you never thought you would ever see or need to think about again uh, yeah because <laughs> they, they contain the stories so much you think oh that's right oh we are revisiting this i thought it, they were just a piece of the puzzle just another you know number yeah. in the system so to speak or another dead body <laughs> no totally and it's um it's a really neat trick the way they're able to play that like i don't know yeah. if i've seen that kind of balance as done as well where no you can, if you, you can pick up any season and watch it start to finish and be satisfied with it, it they, like they work self-contained but thank god when you put them all together yeah. yeah yeah oh yeah i like an 18 episode run i think would be death for something like that. they would run out of steam that you know they would they would do what they do on the gangster shows like ray donovan or power or even you know a sopranos type show where it's like okay and they're gonna be dead mid-season while we go on break you know everyone yeah. had to have this empire strikes back type you know cliffhanger is like stay tuned next year you know for the conclusion I'm like no no so it's like they didn't have that it's like you got six episodes what do we do to keep you watching and it all adds up together as opposed to easygoing frills and you think about the plot holes a year later <laughs> yeah oh that that's one of the that's such a deleterious um <laughs> thing that you can well, that's how you your show dies too so many people mm -hmm. will admit is like we ran out of ideas and you know <laughs> we pretty much wrote ourselves into a corner here <laughs> total and, and i mean if you let the audience have too much time to think about it and nitpick it 
Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't, you know what I mean? Like you can come up with the best material, but if you've given somebody, like if you've given a large fan base, the internet and the ability to spitball what could possibly be coming up next, like, you're 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 gonna oh, fuck you yourself. are fucking doomed you know especially the yeah. guidebooks and no fair i mean my screenwriting professor always told us no fair saying you don't know what happens next you created the world you know <laughs> you uh-huh. see it all the time even the best ones who you think are great are the ones who you think are hacks and they'll do the whole yeah i didn't want to bother thinking about how so-and-so died i just wanted to move it to the next thing i'm like well damn it people have to you know <laughs> think about what happens next and god yeah and you want people thinking like that too, right? well and the filmmakers they can backfire especially when so-and-so dies well how do i adapt that to film you know oh sure <laughs> keep it open especially if you do something as stupid as you know clearly seeing killed on screen <laughs> uh, uh, you- you can work around that. That's easy. You can work around it. But yeah, no, yeah. they don't have anything as outrageous as that where, you know, guess who died on this season of Line of Duty. Um, it's all pretty much straightforward. Just, and it's not even a matter of who will snitch her at. It's like they, they give you equal time. You just see the predicament that the bad cop is in, why they think they're right. or But even go a step further by doing the whole, you know, who are they covering for? Who whose dick are they sucking off of? You know. <laughs> oh, and and there's some uh, such a large portion Trigger of the warning, time too. We have explicit language on this show, so <laughs> totally fucking explicit. What the fuck? Why are you guys what watching the fuck? an R-rated show review if you can't handle R-rated language? <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? Um, yeah. <laughs> Now we got that out. Uh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> feels good. <laughs> it feels so good. But that, that, that's one of the things that I really enjoy about, about this as a series, too, with Line of Duty. That, um, it, the language is very authentic sounding and not the typical, like, British, you know, where it's like, see, you know, everyone's calling each other bloody wanker or anything. It's like, no, they'll go, if you had any idea of that, you know, <laughs> who is going to cut my throat, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it it, uh, it it feels like a real world. So real. That they're living in. Uh, I, I definitely, I, I mean, if you pick up any of those DVDs, I know season one had the whole, I think it was Entertainment Weekly or something, said the perfect UK answer to The Wire and more addicting than The Shield. That was, mm-hmm. that was my in, in the door where I was like, okay, interested now. <laughs> I want to check this yeah. out. It was like, cause yeah, the wire was just so good. Just every bit of profanity felt so legit. Like just, it wasn't just how it was acting and everything. You felt like someone could talk that way. Cause yeah. I mean, you're based on real people, some of them. And it's not showy, right? It's not. No, like, they oh. were not playing to the camera, which every show good or bad likes to do. And it's like, they weren't doing that. Mm. Um, I had I had a brilliant thought there and it just left. Oh shit! Well, Imagine. Uh, so we were talking about the guys who play the actors. I mean, I've never seen. Sure. I know Thandie Newton got some award attention to this, so that was cool. You know, to just give that some extra attention. She's already getting extra attention at the second, third stage of her career with freaking Westworld, and she comes on this show. Like it was a big deal. I saw it heavily promoted. Season four mm-hmm. marathons on PBS. It's like okay, cool. Good for her yeah. for getting award attention because. She's basically, it's very convoluted. It's like she's, and feel free to correct us. That'd be great because then uh, let yeah. us know 
people are actually listening to this damn show. Um, yeah. Um, it's like, she's covering up for some bad cops and then it's like, there's a serial killer on the loose as well. So it's even more gutsy. Uh, it's like definitely my second favorite season probably. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's like a serial killer who isn't actually a serial killer. Yeah. And then she does some serious killing, helps cover up a guy who was going to chainsaw her to death or something and covers that up. And you're like, whoa, whoa, okay. Kind of who who's going to dismember her by accident. Right. It's, just, it's the opening of that is very, it's almost, I view that as a little bit of like um, a bit of a piss take on Dexter. I kind of got the sense of it too. It was making fun yeah. of just outrageous stuff. And I, I got a sense it's like, okay, well, what do they do in criminal minds? Well, what can we do? That's like yeah. anti-criminal minds. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I, you're just the whole bet where like the, the killer has built the, uh, an accidental killer in this case, who he, he thinks mm-hmm. he's, he thinks he's murdered her in his, you know, in a self-defense kind of accident way. That was cool too. Her his partner wakes up. He's about to frame her for the murder, uh, him for the murder, the killer, and she mm. wakes up and kills the killer. And yeah, the partner's like, "What the fuck happened? What's all this gore?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's not Tarantino, but it does have a moment where it's like, "Man, you know, imagine waking up to that." You know? <laughs> well, it's funny you say Tarantino. What? Uh, yeah, rewatching season four recently is like it reminded me. Oh, did you? Almost of like that's too uh, much. More... <laughs> Pistol whipping, <laughs> <laughs> but and I almost had it like a, a bit of the um, Coen Brothers of like. Uh, oh really? Well, that's sort of like the dumb criminals and everything goes wrong. Yeah, except, it, except without. Take, yeah. yeah, except without the humor in it. It's not a dark comedy, guys. It's not even a Ray Donovan moment where it's like, who will I kill this season? To kill? Yeah, no, it's more like, what the fuck next? <laughs> right. Well, how can you top that? And it's it never gets to a moment where you're just getting bored in between the carnage. It really is pretty good at pacing it, especially for, I mean, because like you say, season three was kind of just rolling the dice and it just felt like it was filler and it's like, eh, okay, well, I need a little more. <laughs> yeah. Four no, was, it's much... Much more focused. That's interesting. I thought I was going to be in the minority on that, so that's it's cool. Um, no, I I really enjoyed for it. I, so I mean, just where you have this, the, this sort of the main antagonist who's going around. She's got gangrene the whole episode. Oh, totally. Actually. Like, and, talk about your like um, your Hitchcock bomb under the table. <laughs> like, oh, totally. And it's been a literally minute. rotting. Ugh. Does she get murdered as well in her cell by someone, or does she live but gets incarcerated? Or at the end of it, they just leave her that she's doing ten years. That's right. Okay, so that's is it because everyone else around her definitely got killed by the perpetrators, or you know, killed before they could testify, and she was pretty yep. much she, much like the other ones, and we'll, we'll get to that. Is just do a good job of just like just pretend I'm not part of the problem. Pretend, pretend. I'm part of the problem. I am part of the problem. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, Dominoes are well, falling now. That, there's no way to not be part of the problem mm-hmm. in, in this world, which is like another one of the Policing the police, baby. Yeah. Mm. And then you've got the police that are policing the police. We don't ever see as much of the tabloids, and I like that, you know, because usually, you know, anyone else would have done the whole, I mean, that works better for America's standard anyway. It's like, because it definitely applies to that. But yeah, it's like basically... It's very much, in fact, it definitely reminds me of Spooks, the MI5 British show, where basically you get a lot of the tyrants that definitely, you've heard some British tabloids even talk about on occasion, you just 
basically just people who just feel like Britain should become a police state. And uh-huh. it's just cool to get that just then and there. And again, the subtexting is wonderful. You never feel like, you know, filmmakers are trying to act like it's Shakespeare and talk on naturally and fancy. And it's like, no, they're, I, I legit could see someone talking like this to say, they'll do something simple like fix the problem now. And, <laughs> and, uh-huh. and you never get a sense of like, you know, one of the main like union officers is behind it. You know, some other captain at another squad is also part of it, but, and you get a sense in those first two seasons without needing to see any more detail on it. But I'm also glad that it's not Okay are they eventually going to be taken down? It's like, so that was realistic. They never get taken down. They're never touchable, but the other ones who are their main henchmen basically got taken down. So. Yeah. Uh, well, it's interesting what you were saying there about the tabloids and stuff too. It was only this most recent season where the press is involved at all. Yeah. And, and that's, it's a, and that's only, she's killed. Like it, it's the murder of a reporter that kind of sets things off in that. And that, and that's as much as I forgot like, about the press the you get. Reporter, but yeah, it's just like, uh, cause yeah, season five, you know, that we revisit Stephen Graham's, uh, character. I think he had briefly been shown in some other ones, if I'm not mistaken, but yeah, it's his main season where they're going to get him to snitch. And they're also mm-hmm. once again, back to more serial killers and unusual, uh, snitches. Uh, it was way better than five, but it was also kind of, once again, just like, okay, so we're just, again, connecting the dots again. But, yeah, they saved definitely the best for last with season six, where, again, yeah, this is, like, in a similar kind of one, much like Thandie Newton's character, where it's, like, this bad cop, bad female cop played wonderfully by Kelly McDonald, who you yeah. guys might know from No Country for Old Men and uh, Boardwalk Empire and a bunch of other movies and shows. And, yeah, here she pretty much – she much like Thandie, she is just, again, is just – covering up and i love how all the female cops who also were noticing her who are patrol guys or captains in their districts are just like she's just not acting legit i've never seen her on this game before <laughs> i don't trust her because uh-huh. i've been no i've known her to stretch the truth so what is she hiding i need you to investigate and this was cool too because she was a friend of uh you know kate's character so it was like wow okay so she's putting her trust to the test to where you know anti-corruption unit are now having to police her They're like come on you know will it in <laughs> well yeah and i think it's like kate is at a point where she is she is transferred out of the anti-corruption unit and they fake you out and, for a moment there's a big shootout off screen you're like oh shit did she die <laughs> yeah oh i mean that was i mean what a nice version of the classic like rush uh, cliffhanger who, who killed who yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and it's, it's just like oh that's how you bring that back you that, that was, they did that very, very well. So well, without feeling like a cop out, and it's like, ah, ah, I didn't mean it pun that way, but yeah, this is like <laughs> never, never a moment where you're just like, oh, okay, just trying to make me wet my pants very cheaply. It's not cool. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that you like season six because I was doing a little reading, and I guess a lot of people were really disappointed by the ending. Really? Yeah. How else and, could it end? <laughs> well, I mean, that's one of the things that I really like about it like people were give it time complaints that it's an <laughs> anti-climax uh but i love the fact that it wasn't the reveal of some big like james bond master villain yeah it, we've said so much of that there's no point and it just reads so much truer to me that like 
The, yeah, I'll like the, James Bond where I'm gonna name, kill all of them in one circle, you know, at one time. <laughs> or the guy that they've been after isn't the evil genius. And they he's do a recap like of a everybody. Pusher. Yeah. I mean, right? don't get me like, wrong. Some people complained about the shill despite its good reviews and award wins, and I thought that was sure. the perfect way to end it. And some people complain about the wire and same deal. I'm like, how else would you end it? Like it covered everything in the world. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I don't know if it. they just want a bloodbath or something. I'm like, not everything has to be Scarface, and why would you? You know, it's... well, I think people get you know kind of mixed up with the the ending that they. I'd rather it not envision. be a red wedding like Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, everything should end that way. Ugh. That that's how the the original ending. That's how the uh, how the original Three's Company should have ended. <laughs> Mr. Furley loses it and just takes everybody out. So. It's all in, baby. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, like you say, the reporters are in this more often. And again, I like how again the we think the female officer is dead at first, as well as our good cop. And it's like, nope, they're both alive, but just barely. You know, they got almost got killed by two evil female uh, corrections, you know, prison officers who were in yep. on the take. So that was cool. And they were they, really good kind of reoccurring heels too. Oh yeah, they were. That's right. They do show up like in like brief segments, but you don't know anything about them or that they're going to. Yeah. Be, yeah. But, but it just shows you anyone can be bought at any time. Yep. And he's right. And losing sense of purpose and everything. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to, just take a little bribe. It's all good. Still a correction well, officer. Still, every, everyone is compromised, and it's whoever you know finds out that you're compromised and what and what they're totally. willing to do with that information, right? Well, yeah, just like Bosch was pretty good at showing how sooner or later, even the good, uh, the well-meaning attorneys are going to be targeted by serial killers, and and Bosch has to basically show what a mockery his department is mm -hmm. and how they're basically sucking off the FBI. And so I think that was that this show does a similar good one. Uh, now that you've done so much policing of the police and, you know, you're this close to kind of breaking, like almost getting killed or just having to just turn in your badge because it's just taken so much energy, just each takedown that, uh, yeah, uh, I just thought it was so cool how even our superintendent, he's losing his shit half this time. He's like, I, I, I literally can't call in anyone to do a favor anymore. This is it. You know, we, uh, all, oh, yeah. all the unions are closing in on us, not wanting to expose anything, but it's just that systematically inept, you know? No, he's been alienated from absolutely everybody at this point. Even the cops who, you know, just like want to play politics, you know, Hey, 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 let's all go golfing together, even though we hate each other. You know, is he can't even get that anymore. Yeah. Nope. No, his his Freemason contacts aren't much good anymore. And... Yeah. Uh no more get out of jail free cards. If he goes to jail or gets framed for something, they will do everything they can to just keep him in there. And yep. he's not gonna let any of those punks, you know. Uh I, I was even surprised at times that they never I'm that they never show anything of them at home because there are moments where you're like, are they going to get sniped out outside of their residence? You know, because these bastards are so ruthless. You know, mm. and that's another thing that I kind of like about the program too is that oh, totally, just get straight to policing. Yeah, but there's all that they, they have character development, 
but it's also not soap opera-ish. Right? Like Yeah, I never uh I can't do this anymore. I'm gonna go home and have some flaming hot sex with the secretary. Yeah, none of that. <laughs> yeah. Or, no or PD Blue, no, none of that. Great show no, in its own right, but none of that. <laughs> but all of the characters, you know, there are arcs for the characters in a way. There yeah, are but arcs. But you're very uh, it's like you're looking at them through a window. They don't it doesn't Yeah, Steve like pile on the detail. He, uh, once again, by by seasons series ends he's once again in another broken hand or whatever you know i i think he lose a finger at one point he got tortured really in the badly. season one he yeah yeah cutters to the still hand. getting over it and he's thrown like, down a flight of stairs he's hooked on painkillers ah oh, yeah that's like the only crime he breaks he's like okay i'm gonna go home and i'm gonna buy something from the drug dealers and how shady that some of those drug dealers are in the same circles as the crooked cops who are getting them to run uh-huh. errands so it's just like yeah, it's always intense. You all they do it compared to all the other shows that do, you know, the handheld and steady cam, they they do even more just people looking at monitors and freaking the fuck out. It's just like, oh no, 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 no. Go back, go back. He's not buying it. Well, less undercover stuff, less point break type stuff. <laughs> I gotta say, like this the program does do some really good action set pieces. Oh yeah. SWAT teams, but, I mean and you get a sense of what the SWAT teams are like in Britain, you know, they're not like us where, you know, they come out of a van, you know, ready to bust down the door with the thing is like, they all got like giant machine guns. And then there's like two medics. You know, yeah. Down. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I like that idea. If you're calling in the special weapons team, the idea is like, people are going to die. They had some big ass guns, like Call of Duty yeah. type guns. <laughs> <laughs> but the interrogation scenes are just as tense, if not more so. They are, because like, it shows you don't need blood every episode. You don't need, you know, someone literally being stripped of their humanity. You need to basically just say, here's what you're going to do. You're going to get this or that. It's not, you know, because they've done that to death. It doesn't have to be an episode of 24 where Jack Bauer has to see who's doing an illegal interrogation of a suspect and who he has to basically just bribe to just get something done so he can get, you know, and it's not even anything else like that. Like just the cops like, okay, you play the good cop, bad cop. It's like, they don't even do shit like that. Basically they just do the whole, okay, we'll befriend them and we'll just be neutral in the assessment and see how they're lying. And just, they do kind of do what they do on profile and criminal minds. They look at their, well, doing it in their own special way, just looking at how their eyes are, you know, yeah and and just you know the the stack of research uh (laughs) that they always have in their uh like final interrogations uh interview sections is great um no and i love that side because that's almost where i mean i don't want to totally blow this series but it, it does provide such a great mix of like espionage kind of action yeah spy yeah uh i mean that's so, what a good spy movie does in general it's just like totally. and, and more or less i mean yeah uh, basically you also get a sense of what the bad cops think of them instead of just you know you only see them on the six o'clock news being led outside a courtroom or get sniped no you don't even see any shit like that you see more of just hmm here's what everyone thinks of me i'm gonna keep that cover <laughs> yeah uh, buying it they're buying it until I'm inevitably killed or have to kill, like, Lenny James was interesting because, like, he basically has to kill himself, otherwise they will hunt down his family or threaten his family or endanger them if he keeps Uh living and breathing. He just knows he knows too much, so he's like, yeah, I'm better off dead 
because then my family gets all the compensation money and and they leave me that they'll never bother them because you know I'm dead. <laughs> you know? There's, yeah, there's no one left to bother. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, he's an interest like that was one of the uh, in- and he's always he was- regretting it like they kill his dog and he's like oh no 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 it's all good babe. it's all good yeah. it's not all good <laughs> but, I mean he really oh that's the thing with him like he didn't really think he was doing anything terrible until he was it was too late for him to get out of it well that and that's a better angle though because so often mm. you see again like Vic He's only doing what he was taught by his crooked captain and and then eventually decided, well, again, I'm a crook who wants money and I, ha- I make no apologies about it. I'm like Tony Soprano. So yeah, mm. I'm going to extort anyone while taking down serial killers and all that. But jazz, but yeah, it's like he, he pretty much is like he was lying. He was covering up a few things, maybe, may, you know, lying about how someone was killed and maybe still in drugs here and there, but yeah, it's like he was still every once in a while turning a blind eye to some awful crime he knew about. I was like, okay, well, <laughs> yeah, until it got a little too close, and and, and he was kind of in a delusional state where he those were some he punks, was kind of in though. control. Hmm? <laughs> those, were, those were some serious punks and serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that one neighborhood that the program always comes back to. What is it? Uh, Moss Heath. That they just that, that place look. They just make that look like it's like a Lovecraftian hellhole of crime. Yeah, <laughs> like all evil in the world eventually comes a back. A den, yeah, yeah, it's from the same cesspool as all the other fuckers. Mm. Well, it's nice that they it, it almost has a bit of a mythology. Like, well, yeah, you got to characterize the setting, you know. It, mm. <laughs> yeah, you hear a certain name come up because it's been brought up a couple times in an earlier season it's like oh okay you know that this is going to mean something uh which one was that i there's so many well oh oh yeah just places like the uh the the, the sort of uh the, the the public housing place uh neighborhood moss heath where mm-hmm. you know that i do uh, remember where, moss. Uh, yeah I, yeah it what like where that was sort of where the gang started off in in, in the first season and uh, everything always seems to wind back there. That's where like all the, literally the dead bodies and cruisers. Oh, are totally. Out. You don't even give shits worth about uh, you know any of the gangsters at this point, other than the ones that are bribing, you know, the crooked cops making them do all these awful things for them you know, it's your mm-hmm. family if you don't get me off you know, and I'll, I'll expose that, you know, if I snitch, I'm dead. I don't want that. So that's an interesting dilemma as opposed to the typical, you know, if I snitch, I'm dead and I'll come for your family. It's like, no, they pretty much do the whole come for your family, expose you. And I got plenty of people on my roster defending me in prison. So you can try and send a goon or a crooked prison guard to come to yeah, me you know, it'll be a, it'll be a while before they get to shank me like chances are the more it is a measuring contest i have more men on my payroll and you're fucking dead mm-hmm. and, and yeah yeah and none none of the alliances are like clear and i and i don't mean to say that it's like it's in a confused no i know it's right. way it's so yeah, true yeah but it's not there's not like a straight line there's not like a straight hierarchy it's, it's not easy uh, either no none of it mm. 
even remotely. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is a very, you know, it, it's, a, it's a welcome way of depicting conspiracies in this day and age where like oh, people are always, people are really like kind of looking for the big bad who is responsible for everything. Mm-hmm. But this presents a world where it's really diffused. Like there isn't going to be a top guy to take out. No. It's, Why would there be? Gonna be yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's like 20 middle managers of crime and, and no CEO. Right. Yeah. And that's really the scary thought too. It really is. Is like, cause it's already bad enough. Like even when it's something simple as addressing a speed ticket, updating your license, imagine how hard it would be if you have an elongated, you know, Mm-hmm. it's just like yeah it's not easy and uh another underrated show uh have you seen city on a hill no i haven't you recommended that to me and i haven't got around okay it so that's cool because basically uh what's it called uh alice hodge plays an attorney he's already having to kind of get passed through some of the segregation in 90s boston the 80s have just ended it's a timely you know, fictional mm-hmm. set piece. And it's really cool how he basically gets to, you know, work alongside a crooked FBI agent who also becomes kind of a vigilante. Okay. And, you know, played by Kevin Bacon. And making it even cooler, it also, since it's set in Boston, it's also part of the St. Elsewhere universe. They go to that oh, seriously? They, yes, that or Chicago, wherever... No, it was Boston. Uh, okay, well. Okay. Anyway, yeah. They, oh, uh, all right. So, yeah. They, they, they go there, so it's part of the whole homicide, law and order universe in some loose way. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. that's cool. That's really Tom. cool. But, yeah. Uh, it's cool in that it also just, you know, I think it's, I don't even know who watches it. It seems like many watch it to get award noms, but I don't even hear enough people talk about it. It's, the, it's just like Homeland also on Showtime. So, and what that one does so well is also just showing how everyone is also kind of in an identity crisis. Basically, Kevin Bacon's a mm-hmm. shitty husband, and he's learning how to try and be a better dad, as well as kind of find the only friend he has left who eventually re- previously used him, you know, subpoenaed him to get some info, and he led him on a goose chase to get that info. And now he feels like he owes him when he finds out his wife has been targeted by some gangsters he knew. So it's in just a much like how those guys crafted Oz and some of those in the wire, you know, it's just, everyone has a turning point. And I think this show does a lot of that same kind of spell, like all the good U S and UK shows do is like, hmm. you absolutely just, you know, I never felt like anyone didn't have a complete journey. Like uh, the boss, the superintendent online duty, I pretty much got a sense. Okay. He's, this unit could close up or he's stepping down, but he's done all he can, you know, it's taken it yeah. the best out of him. He's done what he could to at least get rid of most of the cops for this decade that were abusing the power and privilege. And did you get a sense that any of them would promote? It seemed like, uh, seemed like the other two were stepping down as well. It, well, they look like they're getting really close to being burned out and, uh, I liked how it kept it ambiguous, so they might do a reunion movie 10, 20 years from now. <laughs> I mean, there's certainly, uh, there's certainly, you know, the, the, there's talk of them coming back for a season seven, 
which I'd be more than happy. Even with. though the advertisements on the thing I was watching said, witness the finals season. <laughs> so like, yeah, it, might, it could easily pull a Deadwood or Sopranos come back with a reunion movie 10 years later. Yeah. I mean, what, it's a sad, it was a satisfying ending enough for all the plot threads that they had in play. But it also kind of could act as like a little bit of like resetting the deck. Oh, totally. Right. So uh, I'd be happy with that one way or the other. But yeah, like I don't see. I don't see why anyone would hate this season. I mean, what else do you want? I mean, the Expanse went out with a bang. The Yellowstone is still going. The power shows. I'm really satisfied by those take on all the crooked attorneys and gangs Mm -hmm. and cops in New York and how everyone pretty much justifies being a hypocrite. That's why people like watching that. It's just so good at its social commentary, much like George Romero's good at sneaking in stuff for his zombie movies, you know, back in the day. So I, I can totally see, you know, line of duty continually being rediscovered and I don't know why they don't put it on Netflix. It would kill. It would absolutely fucking kill. It would. Well, they they had it on Netflix for. Quite That's what some I time. thought at some point. Yeah. And they keep taking some of them off, and they haven't released the latest season. I don't know if they're. No, uh, the, the North American rights for that for streaming uh, are now all on Redbox. Oh. So at least in Canada, but um, mm-hmm. uh, but for whatever reason, season five of. Uh, of line of duty seems to be sitting there alone on Netflix. The hell, people! <laughs> was the ratings <laughs> disappointing? This is how you don't get anyone to see it if you don't. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, internet, in, international uh, streaming uh, copyright law must be or something. <laughs> Actually, well, I believe that there was a big pissing match between Netflix and the BBC. That would make sense because they often let their stuff be distributed through Warner Brothers. So maybe HBO Max was like, hey, give it to us. Well, there was a time where um, when on the the BBC, whatever the BBC's uh, uh, in-house streaming service is, uh, they decided to start airing Doctor Who on that. And that was when it was at the height of its popularity. And I guess that pissed Netflix off. Something So So, yeah. And I, I would not be surprised if both of them were just, you know, doing a measuring contest. It's like, you get to stream it. No, I get to stream it. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> I had the rights. It's nice to know that egos don't get involved in <laughs> right. international business. And interests. we give all these fuckers giant amounts of money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we reward them for it. So, you know, <laughs> what mm-hmm. else are they going to do? Right. What else would you do? <laughs> uh, obviously not broke. Did you ever see, um, uh, what was it? Uh, yeah, you mentioned earlier uh, the bodyguard. Yeah, because uh, same kind of deal, you know, with the whole detailing the various London streets and police procedures. And, you know, that was cool, too, because that one dealt with, again, uh, bodyguard for hire on, you know, figuring out a conspiracy and pretty much, you know, everything you want to get a conspiracy thing, you know, they get taught, yep. they get fired, they have to work against the clock, try to expose the deception without breaking the law. And, you know, this one, you did feel like, you know, much like just any good legal thriller is like, okay, yeah, they got ambushed or someone said something while no one else was recording or documenting what the killer said or, and, I think it, it is like a better season of Criminal Minds where he's like, okay, eventually someone's going to get to the tipping point and just say, I, you know, 
you're stepping down. <laughs> you know, you, uh-huh. you're endangering people or you're, uh, you're just not yourself. good. You're, you're full of yourself. Your, your polit- office politics especially don't float our boat. You know, you're getting demoted. And, but they even go even a step further, just like any good Sidney LeMay, you know, Serpico or Prince of the City type movie where it's like basically you, you just, again, you sense the exhaustion on everybody's and you don't even need to see him break a sweat for you to know that. You just get, the actors are just so good at the subtleties and it's not just the script is working and the filmmakers are competent. It's real, it really is well formatted to where it, 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 I, I, I'm with you. I think it stands so well on its own. Just like, again, I mean, we're, we're just... Again, we're comparing all these other shows just to tell you guys how it stands out differently from the yeah. other ones because <laughs> there's only been so many hundreds of this. Like Yellowstone was cool because instead of just being, hey, you know, I'm a, I'm a asshole from New Jersey or from the hood, I'm a cowboy who never did care for the government interference and everyone trying to buy my land is a ruthless, you know, murderous businessman. You know, pretty cool concept. And much like Ray Donovan in Power, it's pretty much has a lot of guys who eventually kind of have to shrug their shoulders once they contradict themselves after a while, which uh-huh. make, which changes that up for the whole villain or anti-hero as the protagonist. And yeah, here, yeah, we, we just get the sense that, again, they're an anti-corruption unit, but they're hardly super cops. You know, <laughs> they're not reckless and they're also not, they have to, it's a giant elongated, but very fascinating chess games. It's like any move they have, you know, could be dire. And I, you just love how, Again, the superintendent, you know, always has his trust in them, but doesn't always tell him until, you know, he pats them on the back when they finally get the case. And the others, you know, have to decide who's the snitch and who's just baiting them, just trying to get their sympathy card, but is really just a piece of shit, you know, behind the badge. <laughs> and that's what a large part of, of it comes down to. Is that like the, the whole idea behind the anti-corruption unit is they're holding – rightfully so the police to very high standards but they're also to the point where it's almost becomes impossibly high standards that they themselves don't even live up to a lot of the time right that you know that they they have all of them have fucked up their own investigations oh yeah you know what you wanted this job but they got handed it and they're so good Mm -hmm. at their job that they they get even better at this and it's just like and it's not personal. You never feel like you're just doing it just to be a, pick, a prick. Like so many cop shows would always have the, oh, great, the IADs mm. here. You know, it's like, yeah, well, this is before we found out that cops do, you know, break the rules. You know, like if you watch Hill Street Blues nowadays, it's practically a documentary. <laughs> yeah, you're right, eh? <laughs> Someone uh. was talking, reading some fucked up stories. And I mean, Stephen Bochco and all those other guys, Stephen J. Cannell did so good at just all their making that interesting and obviously dick wolf you know <laughs> i based uh-huh. his career on it but that's why we're still watching this stuff i've been watching since i was 15 so I mean, oh it's just very interesting i would just it also keeps... set the mold for a lot of stuff that came after right? yeah this it, it's just like with any sci-fi show is like is it going to be like the expanse or is it going to be like star trek what's it going to be like is it or uh-huh. is it going to be more of the stuff that we grew up loving you know it's like whatever you choose you know just keep doing the formula so well i mean the loyal fans do return eventually. So, I mean, there's plenty of other shows that were just so good and they ended on a wrong way because basically either the writers or 
actors got bored and they just didn't have any good way to just write them out or they just became again just like you were saying tv fodder after a while i was like okay it's still on but i'm not really i don't know who's watching it other than the creators it's not interesting yeah. so yeah this one i mean i think it took a bit of a gap in between one of those seasons so i mean it was hard to pay attention to but hopefully people who still buy physical media will buy one of those discounted sets or again give some of these a stream on hulu prime and netflix so yeah absolutely it's well worth your time and it, it, i would say like if you like crime shows of just about any sort you're gonna find something that you absolutely like, if, you, if you like the psychological like getting into the heads of the cops and the criminals it's there for you if you like action set pieces it's got plenty of those if you like snappy dialogue it's got a lot of that oh totally uh, even Did you ever for, like, see homicide or prime suspect Oh yeah. I definitely, I mean, Prime Suspect did a lot of the same kind of thing, you know, where the mm -hmm. character and the armored policeman will go through unusual ghettos or just suburb areas where, you know, people are getting high and just doing very petty stuff. They don't know why they kill. And I mean, Gillian Anderson had that other show, The Fall. And the it's Fall. like, so I, th I think those all, f those two and oh, those three other ones and this one are pretty much perfect examples of how they kind of just keeps just slightly changing the genre a bit. And that's just enough. That's just enough to stand out and be, you know, separated from the shield or the wire. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Like it's, it's sometimes it is just those fine details that make all the difference. Because the wire, it just showed you how your heroes are douchebags, you know, <laughs> they mm -hmm. great cops, not people, you know, persons or, you know, uh, that if they didn't have this roommates. job, they would probably drink themselves or blow their brains out, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. McNulty, great detective, shitty human being, doesn't shitty even know his birthday. Mm -hmm. like, I wasn't even reading into much of that, you know, growing up. And I, I already knew he was a piece of work. It's like, yeah, there's a reason he sucks. He just, he's just not with it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's a good detective. I feel sorry for him, but I also find him very petty and yeah homicide had the same thing where one of them decides to kind of cover up their killing of a serial killer who's gonna walk and, and criminal minds is the same thing and it's like but prime suspect i think what it did well as much what you hinted at is, is just the streets of london are as much a character where you always get the sense that you know if you you know the simplest thing that you could have solved you don't know until it's too late the person's dead the next day who you talked with you know 14 right. hours ago and it wasn't just it wasn't overplayed with oh no you know it was all more it's just slow you know slow and steady you know wins the race on these guys it's take a minute and it's got to slowly report everyone who's doing everything the wrong way and why they're the serial killer and why i have i mean prime suspect was just great in that you've never seen a strong you know commanding detective you know who had to not only fight what limited resources and defunding she had, but also sexism. And so <laughs> yep. this was cool in that, yeah, it's like they got the funds and zero cooperation. And now they got to still think outside the box. How can I address my case? How can I, I can't trust anyone to be an informant because they'll always leave something out of the report because they're friends with one of the 
pricks that they're arresting or some other shit. <laughs> but it's, it's just yeah, or just trying to make themselves look a little bit better or less exposed. And word travels fast. The minute I arrive, someone always says lawyer or go fuck yourself. And so it's now mm -hmm. a matter of how do, you know, I pretty much can only go up to them if I pretty much have a subpoena to give them. It's like, yep, come see me in the conference room later tonight after the, you know, police gathering or uh, government's meeting. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yep. Oh, okay, so well. Any right. closing well, thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I got a closing question for you. So, so one of the, okay, one of the things that people know, like, that, that line of duty has got a reputation for the big shock moments. Dun, dun, yeah. What's your, what's your favorite? Give me like your top two. Uh, probably, obviously the chainsaw moment, just cause uh -huh. how often do you see a chainsaw used in a serious way, you know, and just the <laughs> way it was just so well acted by Danny Noon and she wakes up, she's like, Oh fuck. And you think she's dead, and then by next episode, you see all the carcass of it. It's not hers, and I was like, "It's not." I know. I, I was marathoning it all that day, and I was like, "That's a great just That's... leading me into it," you know. <laughs> so there was that, got... and then there was again the shocking plot twist of how season one ends. But yeah, go go ahead with your favorites. I almost hate to say it, but uh, season two, and okay. I, I guess that you could put this in the. Uh, because Keely Haas is playing it so innocently, and then you're just like, eh, but we still always have the hunch they might be leaving something out, it might be harmless, or it might actually be just them covering their ass. <laughs> well, I'm thinking of Steve, the fate of Steve Arnott's uh, short-lived romance with the other cop. Uh, is that in season two or three? I think that, isn't that two? That might be, okay, they, yeah. They he is a hospital. hopeless romantic, and I do like how he pretty much, he... At that point on, his soul dies. He's just like, he yeah. can't have it. So just go get a Hershey bar, you know, get a wink, <laughs> get, get a smoke. He's always but smoking, but that's as much fun as you're going to so, have. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's filmed so, like, sudden, but also matter-of-factly. Like, the, oh, this they, horrific act of violence. These guys clearly, like, they clearly had a good acting workshop. They are just doing the backstory with the characters. Like, why, what does my character do? It's like, just pretty much lose my mind get no sleep, <laughs> get no friends, lose friends because they happen to be bad cops. And yeah. Yeah. It's like this. You don't have much to start with, but I get you're going to have all... less. Yeah. <laughs> Eat shit and die. And yeah. after throwing away all the other scumbags. <laughs> uh, and obviously, I mean, season six had two holy shit moments. You had, again, yeah. Kelly kills a cop who's going to snitch on her, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Or was that the reporter? I can't remember who she drowns and then swims out of the way. No, that's, that's, uh, yeah, that's one of the bent cops. So there you go. Yeah, she, she kills the other snitch cop who's in on the details with her. And then again, you think she and our, you know, anti corruption protagonists get killed. And of course they don't. And, but mm -hmm. uh, those were two great holy shit moments that made the whole season just, you know, tick tock, just go by in a jiffy. And along with just, again, our superintendents, just great closing speeches, just, it's like, man, it might not be Shakespeare, but it's pretty fucking close. But it's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty damn good. I I will happily fund your next project, guys. I'm sorry. That is, that's some great stuff. Yeah, what do you think no. they will do? I, I couldn't find anything on the TV writers, but it seems like they've worked on a lot of ongoing stuff for years on end. Let me look up. 
Yeah, the one that's what's his name, Jed Mercurio, is the one who gets most of the credit. Yeah, Jed Mercurio. Yeah, I almost said it was Mercutio. Yeah. Okay, so he <laughs> created Bodyguard. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that, like, they both seem to have the same sort of moral center. Absolutely. Right. And he did Bodies, which I heard was a cool just hospital drama that ran for two seasons. Oh, I haven't seen Point that. Five and. The Grimleys, which is a sitcom. So, yeah. Oh, a few episodes of Strike Back and Critical, okay. another medical drama, once again, with Lenny James, which I hear is very above average. It's like pretty much just showing just the morbid side of doing operations. But yeah, he did a few episodes oh, of cool. Strike Back, which I definitely think gave him some inspiration for the whole, you know, police scenes that you see. Definitely. Because they pretty much are. They're basically, SWAT team is a militia, you know? <laughs> yeah. Shh, don't say that out loud. <laughs> and I can see why Britain is pretty much becoming a police state, but it's so wild how they're able to break through stuff that, you know, the alt-right, if, if people like us do this, we're, we're just called snowflakes. How dare you show them a bad light, you know? <laughs> oh, I know. That is very true. Uh, I guess they just say, bloody hell, it's good. Good show, good show, man. You're all, you're all packed on it. They're all packed onto an island together. They probably can't. They got to put up with each other. It's like, yeah. yeah. You know, they got to deal with it a bit more directly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. Bloody hell. But that's all I've got. And I would. This I was a delight. Yeah. yeah. It's really good. nice to chat with you. Like, yeah, like, guys. In person is reasonable. Don't give up streaming just yet. Check these out, please. Yeah. Mm. Buy season six or watch it wherever you watch TV online for free. I don't give a fuck. Just watch it, support it. Buy a season for someone who still does physical stuff for, but who likes procedurals for their birthday or or anything on the PBS catalog. It's got to be on there. <laughs> yeah, it it goes down smooth and it's not boring. Like and, and that's even when it's not as interesting show. as season three, it's still it's one hell of a show and it's just sizzles with just. Not just brooding suspense, but just showing how it's just so hard to do the right thing in any context. It's just like, yeah, <laughs> how do I report yeah, and, bullies? And as much as, you know, like we're talking about, it's like kind of high-minded and intelligent. Really mature, really well handled yeah. without feeling like everyone is just, like you say, a soap opera character or just theater, excellent theater actors writing over scripted, you know. But on top of that, too, like crazy bonkers stuff does happen on the regular as well. Oh, totally. This so, would totally so if you just want to see some maniac nonsense, like it, it's got you covered on that basis as well. So. Yeah, if you just want to see an no holds barred, just gory tell, that will definitely appeal to those who definitely don't like being preached to. It'll definitely be appealing to even a Breaking Bad type crowd for sure. Yep. Yeah, I think that's actually a good comparison too. So yeah, if you don't want, yeah. if you don't like typical procedurals, I mean, that's why I compared it to Prime Suspect and Homicide. Those shows were good at getting people into them, even though, even those who didn't care for, you know, murder at eight, you know, yeah, <laughs> followed by mystery at nine, you know, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. Well another, put, well another put. international hit summed up. So thank you ever so much for joining on here. Anything you want to plug, please no, I've, I've got nothing much going on right now. So uh, right. I, I just want to plug everyone, enjoy your lives. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, don't 
put yourself in any moralizing, uh, any moral compromise. Yeah, positions. just don't become a cop. You. I'm a security no. guard. I knew, hey, there's no difference between being a cop. You're just a civilian who reports bad things that are wrong and drive mm-hmm. around a company car. Pretty easy. <laughs> well paid, got a pay raise. I've been consistent. Hey, there you go. Uh, well, hopefully the pay raise will cover all the, air fr- all the uh, sterilizing spray that you have to use in your cars. Uh, I do. I do, in fact, indeed. <laughs> excellent, excellent. I don't do what on some of these shows where it just seems like they're following COVID half the time. I'm like, <laughs> hmm, what version of real world is this now set? <laughs> Are they just stopping yeah. the procedures because it's getting too depressing filming on screen? All righty. That's it. All right. You aced it. Thank you much. We'll return after these messages. JURS Podcast is proud to promote AutoCorrect, an independent film company with experienced industry professionals who can serve all your film industry needs. They include self-tapes, voice actor recordings, demo reel editing, script revisions, headshots, and much more. They're actor correct at your request. Book them on Instagram. Hey, feeling down? Feeling low? Not enough podcasts about movies in your life? Why not try? They must be destroyed on sight! The new Podcast Cure-All. Sure to get you right with the world and on a path to better living. We have exploitation. We have Italian horror. We have zombies. We have slashers. We have crime films. We have spaghetti westerns. We even have sci-fi and sex comedies. So take a dose of... They must be destroyed on sight! As needed, and let the hosts... Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest host, Cure What Ails Ya. Warning, may cause atrophy, African consumption, black fever, bone shave, chin puff, colic, cramp colic, dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocer's itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, St. Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult a physician before listening. Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Uh, necrophilia. Uh, uh, uh. It's a dead issue, man. Don't don't push it. Cinema PsyOps is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this. No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked, Crude. I know, really. Right? It's the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in you. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get it's out of it. unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this movie. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you shouldn't be. I'm not entirely sure even 17-year-olds should be watching this movie. Just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this, like, little nerd glee with everything Dude, that kept Little history up. doll yeah, popping absolutely. up at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you, you know, couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped watching this shit at 12 years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was How did you watch this shit at 12? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops. Hey, everybody. I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late-night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, 
often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. Greetings, friends. My name is Dean Legero, and I'm the host of the 3324 Podcast. I invite you to join me and my lifelong friend Eric Kuber to come with us as we discuss the music and movies that shaped our life. Each week, we'll pick an album or film that we really connect to and not only give you some great info and trivia, but also discuss, debate, and celebrate what it means to us and the journey it took us on. We also look forward to hearing from you and giving us some of your picks for us to check out and discuss. I think it'll be a really fun experience, so come along with us for the ride. You can find us on your favorite podcast provider, and at 3324.buzzsprout.com. Thanks for your time, and welcome to the 3324 family. It's time, let's check our cue, baby. We love your movies. We love the bad ones, too. So we watch them all and pass their lessons on to you. Oh, yeah. Everything I learned from movies With a one last plot holes, a gratuitous It's time to get busy with your friend Steven at eilfm.podbean.com We now continue with our program. Follow us on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a jacked up review show.